This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Toby. And Julia. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. In case you didn't realize, Mark is out for the rest of the week. He is uh, enjoying a a much-needed vacay down in Florida, and I'll be meeting up with him later to attend the Talkers New Media Seminar. So actually, uh, Julia is running the board in here tonight, uh, getting a little bit of training, because you'll be filling in for both Mark and myself with Gardner Goldsmith on Friday and Saturday. So Looking forward to it. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to hearing the shows, because they were good last year. We start things out here tonight, of course, uh, with your calls. If you make them, that is the point of the show, and Julia, you'll be in charge of calling out the callers when they when the time is appropriate. Uh, we will go first to the Associated Press, a story that's somewhat close to home. This one's from Boston. We, of course, do the show out of New Hampshire, so we get to hear about all the nastiness that goes on in Massachusetts because they aren't too far away. According to AP, nearly 100,000 Massachusetts taxpayers have been fined for failing to obtain health insurance. Even as a major survey concludes, the effort to create near-universal coverage in the state is meeting key goals. 5% of taxpayers failed to obtain health coverage last year, and more than half of those, about 97,000, were forced to forfeit their personal exemption, worth $219 after it was determined they could have afforded health care. 2% of taxpayers, about 62,000, were found to not earn enough for health care, avoiding the fines. Under the, la- uh, the landmark law, taxpayers must show that they are insured or face penalties, which means they'll go right into your paycheck and snatch it out. Yeah, and have, where does uh, it go? goes to the government. The government gets it. I have a friend that I work with who um, she's li- works in New Hampshire. She lives in New Hampshire, but she still is a mass resident. She mm-hmm. just got out of college, and now I work with her. And she's um, dealing with this right now. She's someone who doesn't. Was she fined? Yeah. Uh, no, she got had to. Oh, okay. She was forced to get insurance. Um, but she's had to cut back on other necessities of life that she could probably use more. She hasn't used her insurance once in the last year, mm. but she's been forced to get it, costing. I think she said it's about twenty seven hundred dollars that she spent in insurance in the last year. And for someone, for her, that's over. That's a month and a half's paycheck. Yeah. Right there in insurance alone for something that she hasn't even used prior to this. She. Didn't have insurance, but as soon as the law goes through, she's forced to get the insurance, and now she's having to forego other necessities in life so that she can have this insurance that she doesn't even use. And she actually lives in New Hampshire, so, but... Wow. Something I found disturbing that you just said, you were talking about how the people who the government has decided don't make enough money, they get a pass. So the government gets to decide whether or not you can afford health care? Sure. Well, it's arbitrary, you know, based on the decisions of some board of bureaucrats somewhere That's sick. yeah and then don't you those people they get the government health insurance the government buys it for them i believe uh yeah probably there's uh yeah there's a mandated program that everyone must be on board with if they if they can afford it and yes if they can't afford it then the government will subsidize it essentially uh the numbers here were based on a review of 86 percent of expected tax filers for 2007 the state's first in the nation universal health care insurance law Probably won't be the last in the nation either. Required everyone in the state to be insured by July of 2007, except for those who secured a waiver proving they couldn't afford the insurance. The governor said the fact that 95% of filers were insured shows that the 2006 law is making progress. So, I wonder... 
making progress because more people have insurance now than they did before because you forced them to get it? Well, that's what they're saying here. I mean, that these are people that believe that health insurance is so important to have. And, you know, maybe not so much. Um, I think it was John Stossel who pointed out in his TV show, Sick, was it Sick in America? I think. Sick in America. Sick. Yeah, didn't he point out that, uh, that, that the health insurance, that it essentially... It wouldn't be as necessary if we actually had a like a more free market situation, and if it drives you could, up costs. Well, if you could go out and and actually price around from doctors, and if you needed something done, you could call around to different doctors and and get quotes. And therefore, if doctors were used to giving quotes to people, that they would have to bring their their prices down because right now they can bill whatever they want to bill pretty much to the insurance companies. Right. And that does two things. It drives the rates of insurance up as well as the, the health care costs because the doctors have to go through all this insurance. I know the doctor I go to, he doesn't even accept insurance. Really? So, which makes his prices dirt cheap, to be perfectly really? honest. I went there for a physical, which is... Uh, it's not very expensive, but it's uh, well over $50 at a normal doctor if you were having your insurance cover it. 15 bucks. Get out of here. And, and you actually saw the doctor? Yeah. I saw the doctor for a good half hour. But I want the name he's of your doctor after yeah. the show. He's an old school doctor who just he does it for cash only, cash wow. or check, and no insurance. He doesn't have to go through any of that rigmarole, and he has good for dirt, tra- cheap prices. Now, if you're really sick with a real disease, you probably would want to go to someone else. Sure. But I, what would this insurance do for someone like me? My doctor can't even in- accept this insurance. Yeah, that's a great point, and I love that. I uh, I love the idea of that there are still doctors out there that have just said no to taking insurance and said no to taking Medicare and Medicaid because all of these things increase their rates. The other factor is that insurance, and there are a whole bunch of factors, but another factor is that the insurance companies in many cases by the state governments that they're operating underneath, are forced to offer all kinds of different coverage. Yeah, stuff you would never use. Right. So so this sort of these one-size-fits-all government-approved insurance plans that you have, for instance, in Massachusetts, where they're going to cover every possible condition you can think of, including abortions for nuns, for instance, and you're paying for all that in the premiums. And if everyone is mandated to have that kind of coverage, the insurance companies are raking it in because they like these kind of mandates. I mean, the the insurance companies in Massachusetts must love this because it's guaranteed business for them. Absolutely. And so, but but if the government's mandating all of this coverage, then you're buying coverage that you may not necessarily need to be buying. It makes sense to have healthcare insurance if you're a younger person, as we all happen to be, if you're a younger person, you're in relatively good shape, unless you know otherwise. But generally, we're pretty in pretty much good shape. Sure, there's something catastrophic that could happen, like a car accident or something terrible could, you know, something calamitous could happen just out of nowhere. And in that case, you would want to have some sort of insurance coverage that only handles those extreme events with a very high deductible that, that won't cost you a lot of money every single month. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I have. Right, that's something that uh, that somebody in our age range should consider, but being forced into it is not necessary whatsoever, and being forced into it means you'll be forced into one of these one-size-fits-all government-approved plans that is not at all in any way customized to what it is that you're looking for. It takes all of the thinking out of purchasing these products. So someone like me, who goes to the doctor once every five years, has to pay the same amount of money uh, for health insurance as somebody who goes to the doctor 
every month. Precisely. Yeah. And that also dr- it also clogs up the doctor's office. It clogs up the ER it, because people are going if they have a runny nose. Yep. There's that too. Where yeah. you might really need to go, but you've got to wait behind this clogged up emergency room that's full of people that are there just because they have insurance. If they didn't have the insurance and they actually had to pay for it or their insurance was based on how many times they go and see the doctor, it might be a different story. That's that's another good factor because when people are insured, they're more like, and if it's this one-size-fits-all cover-everything insurance, they're more likely to go out and see the doctor whenever they have a case of the sniffles. And if you think I'm joking, look at the uh, look at some of the examples of the other countries that have total socialized health insurance or health care. Rather, people really do go to the emergency room for the the littlest nonsense stuff that you and I would just normally figure. Oh, well, it'll blow over in a few days. These people say, hey, it's free health care. And so then they go and they they, as you say, they take up room in the emergency room, and having them there means other people can't get in. In addition, it also means that costs go up because they're spending all this time and money mm-hmm. caring for patients that don't really need the attention. So it's just a mess. And the only real solution, of course, is the free marketplace and not mandating any of this and letting business owners and individuals decide for themselves what kind of health care coverage they, they want. Yeah, the insurance business is already screwed up enough by the government, even without them forcing it upon you. But once it's forced upon you, it's 100 times worse. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. May have more on the Massachusetts situation coming up here in moments. And you can take control. Bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Julia. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free. So enjoy those on us, including the wiki. Get interactive with over 1,500 pages created by listeners just like you. You can go, actually, it's over 1,700 pages now. You can go to wiki.freetalklive.com and create virtually anything. It's like the listener-editable version of our website. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com. And do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections, early outbilling, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL C-A-I. We can keep talking healthcare uh, about the Massachusetts situation. In fact, Tony is on the line in Big Fork, Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hello, Tony. Hey, uh, I just wanted to say something here. Uh, you're under the paradigm that doctors and healthcare uh, need to be paid this exorbitant amount of money. Now, when I was overseas one time, I was working with some people, and the guy next to me, um, was a doctor in Russia, and I said, "What, what was that like there?" And uh, he told me, "Well, you're a doctor. You, you know, the state puts you through education. You get all the same education." I was a heart surgeon. I specialized in heart surgery. Um, I even worked on, I guess it was uh, Gorbachev or something like that. And I said, "Really?" I said, "How much money do you make there?" And he said, "I made 50 rubles a month." And I asked him, "I go, is that a lot of money?" He goes, "No, a bus driver makes 60 rubles a month." And I said, what's the point of being a doctor? And he says, because of the prestige. So in our country here, there we got health officials that are doing it not just for prestige, but for the financial gain of being a doctor. What's wrong with that? 
Well, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that our health care costs are so expensive because everybody wants to make a million bucks from the nurse. No, sorry, that's not why. That's not why at all. In fact, uh, it's, it's not hard to make a million bucks and, and keep costs low. The reason why health care is so expensive is because there are a variety of factors. One of the major factors is the the federal government that gets involved with all of its regulations, its FDA, and its various different uh, regulatory bodies in various different states that get in and they take uh, take people's money by force and they they redistribute that wealth and they set arbitrary rules uh, for the for the healthcare business. And a lot of these uh, a lot of the the technology and the the new treatments that you see coming out, they took 20 years to actually come out because it, they had to go through the FDA's approval process and those companies had to spend a billion dollars to get those drugs to marketplace that's just one example there's all kinds of other areas where doctors are so heavily regulated and controlled especially those doctors that accept medicaid uh, medicaid or medicare as well as insurance uh, plans and so all of these things raise the costs of doing business and many of these doctors are they're just trying to make their money back at, at you know the, if you see an exorbitant charge it's because they're trying to make their money back because in many cases they're taking medicare payments that don't actually equal the amount of uh, the, the amount that it costs to provide the treatment so if somebody comes in and they're on medicare or medicaid the doctor takes that cuz he wants the money but then he has to make up that loss somewhere else by charging his cash uh, payers more. So there's all kinds of uh, shifting of uh, financial responsibility that goes on in, in our system today. And there's nothing at all wrong with doctors wanting to get into the business to not only help people but also make themselves wealthy. Uh, that, can, that could very easily be done. In fact, I imagine that this doctor, Toby, that you're talking about that charged 15 bucks for, for a, a, physical. Yeah, for a for half, half an hour, hour. Of, of his time, uh, I imagine he's doing pretty well for himself. Yeah, he's doing great. He owns his own business. He has his own house. He's he's living, I guess, the American dream, and so, he's not charging much at all. What do you have to say to that, Tony? Well, I didn't hear that part of the situation there, but uh, what I was getting at was that I do think that there's an exor cost. Uh, think about you getting an X-ray or visiting an emergency room. I my wife panicked one time because I nearly cut my finger off, and, mm-hmm. and she swore that you know that she was going to you know melt and die if I didn't go to the doctor. And so we went in to the emergency room, and we got a $600 bill just to get three or four sutures. You know, I mean, it was ridiculous to to go through you know the hours of waiting in the emergency room to get three or four uh, stitches to only um, then have to pay 600 bucks for it. So my experiences with the health care here in the United States versus overseas is that um, the same health care provided, say, in Canada or over in Europe or where I was in Middle East or South America, um, I would say is equivalent, doctor for doctor. Yeah. Uh, have you kids. ever actually had to get health care in Canada? Uh, yes, I have. Uh huh. Is that how that go for you? Um, well, to be honest, uh, um, the healthcare was mixed. There was there were several good doctors. Like getting my laser eye surgery was phenomenal. I mean, I I've never seen anything so fast. So you did that so, in Canada? Yes. Okay. Um, I mean, they were they were they were they were great. I just I couldn't believe how. What good did, they what were. did that cost you? Um, let's see. At the time, this was about seven eight years ago. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what it would be today, but I heard it got cheaper. It was about um seventeen hundred dollars for both my okay so you're not a canadian citizen then 
No. Okay, so then you really aren't in a place to comment about the Canadian healthcare system because you aren't one of the people that is inside their system. You may have gone up there and gotten LASIK eye surgery. That's one thing. But the Canadians are actually in a system. Well, actually, I, actually, I lived there and was put in ICU one time. Okay, and did you pay for that? Uh, yeah, I paid a lot for that. Okay, so, so again, you, you're still not relevant to this particular conversation because the Canadian citizens are in a healthcare system that is socialized in that when they go to the doctor, it's so-called free, which means it's paid for by the taxpayers, and as a result of that, it's therefore controlled 100% by the government, and it is rationed. The healthcare is rationed. So if you have a heart condition and you need to have some sort of emergency surgery, well, guess what? You're probably going to have to wait. First off, you're going to have to wait in order now, to well, actually see a doctor. Here in America, if you're not rich, you ain't going to get it. Well, that's that's not true. Sorry about that. No, that's not true. There are uh, plenty of charitable organizations. I, I'm sure you've heard of the Shriners uh, that do great work. Uh, it's not they don't do all kinds of different work, but they do burn care uh, for people that can't afford it, and they do it completely free. Hmm? If I needed a new heart and I didn't have um, established health care or I didn't have a lot of money in the bank, how am I going to get my heart surgery? You know, I, I don't know how to exactly answer that question. I'm not, I'm not an expert on health care, but I can tell you one thing's for sure, that at least you could get it if you could afford it here, whereas in Canada, you can't really get it at all, because you're going to have to go onto one of their waiting lists, and you're going to have to wait to see a doctor to assess your situation. Then you're going to have to wait until you can finally get the, the treatment that you need, which may or may not even be available, and it may be months, if not uh, you know years, before you actually end up getting the treatment. And at that point, if they if they f the job up and screw you up, there's no responsibility and there's no liability. You can't really do anything about it. So they're not as interested in uh, taking care of but their I patients. You said liability liability was the problem with healthcare. I'm sorry. You said that I thought you said that liability was the problem with healthcare. I'm not sure what you mean costs. by that. You said government regulations and the, and the prohibition of new techniques um, taking years to get on. You know. Um, yeah, that's different. Special. Government regulation is different from liability for messing something up in the operating room. Thanks for the call tonight, 800-259-9231. Obviously, there's a lot of information that needs to get out there to people about health care, and we should continue discussing this here in moments. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. I'm not defending the American system. It's got some serious... One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Julia. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free. So if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, you can go shopping with us at the Free Talk Live store. Just go to store.freetalklive.com, order great Free Talk Live branded merchandise like t-shirts, hats, hoodies, and more. All over there at store.freetalklive.com. And the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival is better known as Porkfest. It's happening June 9th through the 15th. At Porkfest, you'll be able to learn how Free State Project early movers are already making a difference. And you can listen to concerts, enjoy some barbecue, and socialize around the fire. Tour New Hampshire on special Free State Project bus tours or on your own. Discover new freedoms, new communities, and new beginnings. Register today at Porkfest.com. 
Time is running out. It's coming up shortly. Porkfest, that's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. Continuing the healthcare discussion. It's so hard to to cover in even in an hour's time all of the different areas uh, that that should be covered when having a comprehensive conversation about the healthcare system here in the United States. And judging by the call we got from Tony a few moments ago, people in America are pretty confused when it comes to healthcare in well, America. I think when he hears you speaking, he is under the impression that you are in favor of what the healthcare system we have today in this country, and that's not the case. No, certainly not. Uh, there's so many things wrong with the, the healthcare system in America, but to go in the direction of Canada or to go in the direction of the, the Soviet Union or North Korea is not a good idea. Going in a direction of more government control, which is what we're seeing happen, uh, it's not all at once, but it is here, it's over there in Massachusetts. Now they're mandating that everybody have uh, health insurance. There have been plan after plan proposed at the federal level for, again, nationalizing health care, turning into so-called universal health care, where then the government, the same agency that can barely, that can barely make the roads drivable, the same agency that can't keep drugs out of its own prisons, the same agency is going to be in charge of your health care. I mean, you have to be mad to want the government to be in charge of your health care. And so just briefly, before we continue with the calls... Brief- you know, I immediately think of the, the DMV, right? Those yeah. have to be just the most surly, angry bureaucrats out there. Right. And the post office, places like that... I don't want those people giving me a new heart. You don't want your doctor to be angry when he's working on you? Don't no, want, definitely not. Don't want to be upset about all the asinine rules and regulations he has to follow in order to keep his job? And in socialist health care, don't they make more money the more patients they push through? Mm, well, I'm sure, there's a, I'm sure there's some level of cap. They, they can't make an unlimited amount of money, obviously. You, you can only have... X amount of patients. There's a there's a cap on the amount of patients each doctor can can hold. Uh, so briefly, we had already talked about how government regulations and government control, government mandates on insurance and government uh, health care paying programs like Medicare and Medicaid increase the cost of health care for everybody. We talked about that. But another factor is the doctor monopoly is the fact that one of the reasons why doctors can charge so much, which was one of Tony's concerns earlier, one of the reasons why they can get away with charging so much is because there's a limited supply of doctors. Right. I mean, you go into the doctor's office and you might get seen by six or seven nurses sometimes before you even see an actual doctor. And the regulations on what these doctors or nurses or nurse practitioners are, there's so many different titles that they have on the climb up of becoming a doctor that it, it really drives up the cost. I, I know that my doctor, we were talking about him before, he's just his one doctor. He doesn't have any nurses. He, he does his own wow. secretary work. He doesn't have to hire all those different people in his office because he, he went through school many years ago when it was yeah. simple to become a doctor. And so he, he got around a lot of the regulations that there are t- today huh. so he doesn't have all these huge student loans to pay off because he didn't have to go to school for... I don't know. 20 years. <laughs> exactly. Borrow thousands of dollars to have to charge his uh, patients much more. He doesn't have to go through the trouble of hiring the secretary to deal with all the insurance crap. He doesn't have to go through so many of these hoops that most doctors have to go through, and all of them are driving up prices. Exactly. And th- so there those hoops that the doctors have to jump through to become a doctor, that costs a lot of money. That whole process of going to school and all that, that costs money. So they've got to, they've got to make that money back. It's an investment. It's, it's their business. But the big problem is when Tony said he, uh, he hurt himself 
and you know he had to go to the emergency room and he got jacked for $600 for three sutures. Well, if we had more competition in the medical field, more people that were able to do sutures. Now, I don't know if that's one of the things that only doctors can do. Maybe nurses can do that, too. What I'm trying to get at here is there are certain techniques, there are certain things that only doctors are allowed to do by, essentially by law, by regulation, by the American Medical Association teaming up with the government to say, only doctors can do this and this and this and this. And if you're not a doctor, then doing it is illegal. So there have been instances where... I remember one of the most persuasive stories, I think, was uh, the wife of one of our former co-hosts was a registered nurse. And she had a situation develop in in a hospital that she was working at where a patient needed some quick, some kind of surgery. He needed some sort of quick attention from a doctor that it was one of those things that only doctors could do legally. Now, she, as a registered nurse, was actually trained in how to do this particular procedure. I don't remember what exactly it was, but suffice it to say, there are a number of these sorts of things out there. She, w- she could have done it. She could have done it successfully. She could have helped this guy out, but instead she had to stand and watch him suffer as he waited, however long it took, for a doctor to actually come along and do that job. My point being here is if there wasn't this artificial doctor category out there, then other people could go and get trained in various different areas. You could have somebody whose specialty it was to do sutures and things like that. And you could go to a walk-in clinic, for instance. They could take care of you there. You could price it out if, if necessary, and it would probably be a, be a hell of a lot cheaper than going to an emergency room. But if it's something that only a doctor can do, then you have to go to where the doctors are. And there aren't that many doctors out there because the, re- the supply of them is restricted by the government regulations, the American Medical Association. So if most nurses could do everything that doctors could do, and you could legally go to a nurse and have them do that job then that would bring prices down because there would be more people in the marketplace available to offer those services, therefore more competition, therefore lower prices. Let's look at uh, prescriptions alone. I mean, a lot of people, when they're sick, they need a prescription, and they know exactly the medicine that they need. Mm -hmm. Can they go just buy it? Of course not. They have to go to the doctor, not even the nurse. They have to go to the doctor and get the doctor to write them the prescription (laughs) at a cost to, if they have insurance, a lot of money to the insurance, which drives prices up for everyone, or a lot of cost out of pocket for them. What I find so funny about that is when you go to the doctor, usually you tell him how you feel, he looks at your throat, and then he writes out this prescription. There's really not a lot to it. And why couldn't I, if I knew I had this problem or I've had it before, why couldn't I just go to CVS and purchase it myself? Yeah, I need some new contacts right now. I know my prescription. Me too. But my prescription has expired. Uh-oh. So I need to go back to the eye doctor, pay $200 for my eye exam. It's a little specialty one. That mm. Even though it's the same prescription, I know my prescription, but it's expired. You know it's what I did, actually, is I stocked up after I got my last eye exam on uh, at 1-800-CONTACTS, and I yeah. just got so many of them, so they lasted me several years. That's how I avoided that. That's not bad. Even like, it'll take birth control. A lot of women take the same birth control month after month, but after a certain amount of time, you have to go back to the doctor, pay them money to write you the prescription that it's the same stuff you're get, you've been yeah. taking. I would call that a racket. Let's go to your phone calls and talk to Mike in Ottawa, Canada. Mike, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Mike in Ottawa. Hello. Hi. Hey, you're on the air. What's on your mind? Well, I was just hearing what you were saying about health care and... Uh 
you know, for years under NAFTA, I can work in the States, and how many times have been offered jobs there? The reason I t- turned it down was because of the health care issue. Uh, am I being scared for no reason or what? I'm not sure. What, what are you getting at? What are you scared of? So in Canada, everybody thinks that it's really, really bad in the States. Canada? That's not what I understand, at least not the people that have actually had to get health care in Canada. I mean, maybe younger people in Canada think things are bad in the States because that's what they teach you at the the government schools, as I understand it. If you want to hang through, we'll bring you back for more. 800-259-9231. But once you actually need to go and get the health care, then you find out how bad it is in Canada, and that's when you find out that you can go across the border and get what you need to get done right away. Yeah. I hear the prescriptions is what Canada is good for. They're less regulations it's subsidized. on prescriptions. Actually, their, really? their prescriptions are subsidized there. Never mind. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Julia. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Those features include, by the way, the updates. You get signed up. We keep you in the loop whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. Go to updates.freetalklive.com to get on the list. Uh, Send out an update today, as a matter of fact, announcing our newest Shriner. Whitney is up on the Shrine. You can see her at freetalklive.com. You'll know first if you're on the updates list, updates.freetalklive.com. Continuing the conversation about health care, I think Mike in Ottawa is still with us. Mike, you're back on Free Talk Live. I guess my confusion is, like, I've never had a problem in Canada. Like, the few times that I've needed medical care, it was there immediately. Well, how fortunate for you. There have been... Well, uh, no, it's not fortunate, Ian, because I spend horrendous money in taxes, too. Well, that, that's Sometimes good, because there are a lot of people in Canada private. that spend horrendous money in taxes and then don't get crap for health care when they, when they go to get it. Uh, in fact, I would suggest that you go to a website called, I think it's Free Market Healthcare. I don't have the URL, but look for go to YouTube and look for Free Market Healthcare, and you'll find some videos of Canadians, uh, Canadian citizens, and they're just absolute nightmare stories trying to get health care in Canada and how much easier and simple it was for them to come down to the United States and get done what they needed to get done. If they hadn't come to the United States and gotten it done, then many of the, these folks, they'd be dead right now. Well, I'll be honest with you. All the rich people I know in Ottawa, guess where they go? The United States? You got it. There's a reason for that. It's because the uh, be the waiting lists, I would think. Well, there there are waiting lists, and just in general, the the quality level of government health care is shoddy, just as the quality level of government roads is shoddy as well. Any other thoughts, Mike? Thanks for the call tonight. Eight hundred two five. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, sir. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. We go to Sam in the Netherlands. You're on Free Talk Live, Sam. Hello, Sam. Going once. Sam in the yes, Netherlands. I'm here. You're on the air. What's I'm on your here? mind? Hey, right out of the gate. I'm not advocating any uh, system of health care. I just have a few uh, facts and remarks. Uh, I live in the Netherlands. I work in Belgium, and that uh, gives me a perspective on both systems. The first thing you said uh, a while ago about how you think it will put a strain on the emergency room if, you know, suddenly you have universal health care, um, you know, it's like what you're used to. Uh, KFC, for instance, in the Netherlands, you know, always used to have to pay for, like, a drink, no refills. They started doing free refills, and guess what? It got totally abused. Now, go to the States, free refills are no problem because people are used to it. So I think, you know, that's kind of where that's going. 
Yeah, I can't say I agree with you because uh, here in the states, even though we don't have so-called universal health care, you do have these mandated, uh, these government mandated one size fits all health insurance plans that people have to get, especially in the case of Massachusetts, where what you do see happening is people going to the emergency room for things that they don't need to go there for because, again, they're perceiving it as being free or covered by their their insurance so they're more than happy to go and patronize the emergency room when you know it's their kid that's got the sniffles or something like that we we see that today works over here is you actually go to the there is a hierarchy in the system you first go to your your general physician your personal Mm -hmm. doctor you just don't go to the emergency room and people just don't do that the emergency room is for real emergencies so you know you just go if you have the sniffles and you really want to see someone, you go see your general practitioner. And, you know, if he'll uh, give you a subscription, fine. You just don't go to the emergency room like that. That's just for real emergencies. Well, I understand that that's what you're saying. And maybe things are, uh, maybe people are a little different there in the Netherlands. But but here in North America, what you'll you. see happen is, especially in Canada, where you have to go allegedly to the general practitioner, what you'll see happen is they'll go to the general practitioner and they'll say, okay, yeah, we'll see you in three months. And then after that, then they go to the emergency room because they can't get the the care they're looking for immediately from their general practitioner. Right. Hey, one final thing on the waiting list. Um, The Belgian system, you pay like $25 a year, and that's coverage. The Dutch system is, you know, um, you pay more. It's like $100 to $200 a, a month, depending on, you know, your situation type of a thing. Since I'm working in Belgium, you know, I pay my $25 a year, and they pay my Dutch coverage. However, I can tell you this. The Dutch system, where you pay much more, actually does have longer waiting lists than the system in Belgium. I know plenty of guys that actually had to do something to, like, uh, their knees, uh, get their knees fixed or something. And there was, like, a waiting list in Holland for, like, three months, and in mm-hmm. Belgium they could do it immediately. Well, I can't, so I, you know, I can't comment on that because I, I'm, not sh- I'm not sure about the right. ins and outs of both of those systems. But what I do know is that certainly they're going to be different, you know, they're going to be set up differently. There are different ins and outs. And the one thing I know for sure is even if one of them's lickety-split fast, that is not an excuse to terrorize my neighbors by stealing money from them and forcing them into programs that they may or not uh, may or may not necessarily agree with. So uh, even right. if someone calls in here and starts singing the praises of some socialized healthcare system, I'll have to take their word for it, but either way, whether it's true what they say or not, it doesn't justify theft. And thank you for the call tonight, right. Sam. We certainly appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. And when I say theft, I'm talking about taxes. I'm talking about, as we've seen in Massachusetts, where the government, if you don't take their little uh, insurance program, is going to come and just steal money from you. I wonder what the fine is for that. I wonder if it's cheaper to just pay the fine than it is to pay for the health insurance. I think it's a little bit cheaper, but not much. I, I think, and you don't fine, get anything for it, right? And the fine is somewhere close to. I think my coworker said it was around a thousand dollars or something. I thought that they forced you into the program. I thought that they fined Maybe you. Maybe that's what the fine goes towards. The yeah, quote, fine. It's yeah, I think they fine you and then they force you into the program. That's my guess at this point. We could look into that more, but let's go first to the amp line, where I believe Puke is on the line in New Hampshire. Puke, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Puke. Puke going once. Did you get that right, Julia? I think so. Okay, probably not there. Put him back on hold. We'll try him back. Let's try Mac in uh, Georgia. Mac, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. How's it going, guys? Hey, Mac. What's on your mind tonight? First of all, um, 
Well, you know that Obama has gotten the, the Democratic nomination. I didn't know that. No, I had no idea. I think I think he's like 14. Donald gets away, but um, anywho. Okay. That's not, well, that's related to what I was talking about. Anywho, now I have I have a problem. Okay. Since I was really going for somebody who's like Mary Rod or Ron Paul to get to get a nomination to run for the presidency. And since they didn't, I, I have a I have a problem. All right. Before I started listening to um the Free Talk Live, I was I was like I would say I was a Democrat. Mm-hmm. And as I have gotten as I've gotten older, I have became I would call myself independent with Democratic leanings. I mean I, I have family who's in the who's in the government, who's um matter of fact I have a cousin who's a um state legislator. Okay. In the state of Georgia. So you know. But you know, I was always taught to to never wait to never waste a vote. But I have a problem. You, know? <laughs> you got these status um these status candidates. The the Libertarian Party has got nobody who I'm really interested in now. Sure, me neither. <laughs> running for the own thing. And I mean I really I'm thinking about going for Obama. Oh man, why? I'm, I mean I I don't like Clinton. Um, McCain is why I would think is somebody who's going to just put in another four years of Bush. Well, McCain certainly is a madman. There's, uh, you know, there's no doubt about that. But at, le- I, at least Obama, at least Obama is talking about doing something about no child left behind, and because that was one thing. Talk I really is cheap, though, Mac. I mean, they all talk about doing things, and one thing you can be guaranteed of is that despite all of the talk and everything they say during their campaign, when they get into office, it's fair game for whatever it is they want to do. And we've never seen anybody decrease the size of government. Uh, it always continues to get bigger and more intrusive and more oppressive. And if you vote for Obama yeah, and, up, you know... Yeah. If, if you vote for Obama and he goes and invades some other country, because you, know, you remember, Bill Clinton invaded uh, Bosnia, and yeah. you know, Bill Clinton dropped bombs in Iraq, so it's not like the bombs ever stopped falling on Iraq. So you know, you vote for this guy that you think is going to be a little bit better, things end up getting worse, then, then you'll feel guilty. I don't know if I want that on my yeah, conscience. I don't, I don't think I want that on my conscience. I mean, I understand where you're coming from, but I'll, I think I'll just feel better staying home. Right, and even though Obama might be good on a topic or two, well, you're there's a also Democrat, I'm right? a former Democrat, so I, I feel what this guy's saying. But while he might be good on some issues, there's a whole lot that he's really not good on, and you're probably yeah. going to regret your vote on those issues alone. Even he's though, a Marxist. Yeah, you might agree with him on a couple issues. There's a lot of issues that too that he, you're not really looking at. You're looking for the ones because you really hate the other people. So you're looking on what you might agree with one of them on. But there's a lot of other issues. I'd look a little bit further and see what issues you'd regret voting for him for. In the 2004 elections, I voted for John Kerry because I didn't want to vote. I didn't want Bush to get in. Same so that me. was my mindset exactly <laughs> is what yours is now. And it didn't really do me any good. And I don't feel so great about it yeah, now. Same here. Max, I, thanks for the call. Right in Mickey Mouse. One more thing, yeah. one more thing, one more thing. Oh, we are out of time, though, dude. Call us tomorrow no. night. Appreciate it, dude. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. Well, we're not totally out of time. But we do have Hour 2 coming up, and need to make room for your call, whatever you want. Free Talk Live. 
There's a reason it doesn't sound like the old media. Which of those court justices are going to sit there and err on the side of your Fourth Amendment? That's because it's the new media. Dan Carlin, Common Sense. I think fast and I talk fast and the people that like this program can deal with that. Common Sense with Dan Carlin, a free-thinking, politically independent view of things from a man who's had way too much caffeine. Get the MP3 or podcast at iTunes or go to dancarlin.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Julia. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We start things out with your calls about whatever you want to talk about. It's Key in Pennsylvania. You're on Free Talk Live on the amp line. Hello, Key. Oh, hello. How are you? Hey, super. What's on your mind? I am calling because I'm frustrated about insurance, so this was the perfect, perfect uh, topic for me today. Okay. My husband and I moved from Michigan uh, about a year ago because there's no jobs there. So we ended up in Pennsylvania with Pennsylvania insurance. And uh, he's been on the same medication for 15 years. The insurance over here in, in Pennsylvania wouldn't authorize the doctor's script, first of all. And then... After we jump through hoops to get finally get it authorized by the insurance company that only allow him to have 15 pills a month and one of them sleeping pills, and mm. we have to pay for the balance. And the doctor subscribes the whole thing, so it's like, why am I paying for insurance? It frustrates the heck out of me that I can't get what my doctor is asking us to have. So, uh, so you, uh, so you had to get insurance from a Philadelphia-based insurer. The doctor that you're going to, is he also in, in uh, Pennsylvania? Yes. Okay. Yes. And did you you didn't, you didn't know in advance of this incompatibility? Can you get a different plan from a different company that would, would help you out? Coincidentally, our, and we got bought out at our company, and we now have Utah-based insurance. We're having the same problem. I don't know if Michigan was just we were lucky, but whenever we got a script in Michigan, it got filled. No big deal. Not huh. here. So you're in Pennsylvania now, but you're covered in by a Utah company, and it's it's the same situation. Same situation, yeah. So you have to pay how much? I mean, what does it cost to to get this prescription that that you're looking? at? I mean, you have to pay above and beyond a certain amount. So what what kind of money are we talking about here? Well, the medication is expensive. So if we were to have to buy them after. If he wants a sleeping pill after 15 days for the rest of the month, we have to put out approximately $5 a pill Okay. for him to get a good night's rest and keep his job. So, so it's just, we're stuck. Yeah. Uh, and what are you paying for the insurance, just out of curiosity? What's, what's that costing per month? I have to pay $140 every two weeks just to cover the two of us. Okay, and, and that's insurance, and that's doctor insurance, including um, prescription. So one hundred and forty dollars every two weeks—that's uh, two hundred and eighty bucks a month for the two of you for insurance, which you'd like to have it cover the uh, the pills, but it only covers fifteen of them. So, do you have any other things that you're you're claiming right now, or is it just pretty much the the sleeping pill thing? It, it, the, well, all of his medication. He goes to the pharmacist puts a prescription in 
He waits five minutes. Here's you need authorization from the insurance company before you can get this filled. Mm-hmm. So it's totally nuts. And have you looked into the other options or whatever uh, other insurers there are? Do you have you checked that out? Well, right now I'm using it through my work, so I'm assuming that that's cheaper. But yeah, I, I, it just kind of hit us. Yeah, we I would. Didn't, we didn't know. Yeah, I, I would look around. You know, see what else is out there. I mean, there's usually not a lot of choices in that probably goes back to the government regulation factor where if the government regulations are too heavy then insurers would just rather not bother so uh, you know it wouldn't hurt to look into it and see and, and compare I mean if you if you can find a plan that you pay a little bit more for but it's out of your pocket instead of coming from the employer but it does result in the the medications being covered then that would be a good thing of course I don't know if it's easy I don't know if it's even possible to transfer over to a new insurer with pre-existing conditions. That could be a problem right there. That's a whole other can of worms. I don't know what to tell you, Toby. You know, I I just think this also comes back to the government involvement in in medications uh the with the government having these uh pill providers jump through so many hoops before something's on the market. Yeah. If the government wasn't involved in this you might be paying a lot less. It might only be a dollar a pill without Maybe. any insurance whatsoever. Of course, I mean, a, lot of good that does, a lot of good that does right. her, right? I mean, exactly. It's easy, it's easy for us to sit here and say, well, things could be so much we, better, exactly. Key, but for right now, you're screwed. Uh, you know, it's true. At least I have somebody to listen to me, right? Yeah, well, okay. That, that's a, there you go. Look on the bright side. You know, what's interesting <laughs> is at my work, through their subsidized health, uh, their insurance, if I was to get it, i just do catastrophic on my own. But if I were to get it, it would be cheaper for me to go to a private provider such as Blue Cross and Blue Shield on my own without taking their insurance. So it's while work insurance typically is a little bit cheaper because they pay for part of it, not always. So I'd possibly look in other directions as well. Key, let us know if you if you figure out a way to to get this problem solved. Otherwise, uh, do accept our uh, our condolences. I guess I don't know if that's the right term. Well, if anything else, thanks for listening. Thank you for the call tonight. We appreciate hearing right. from you. 800-259-9231. And it's so sad that that people are put into positions like this because of the, the regulations that we're talking about. So because the, the government is out there with its FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, saying, oh, we've got to protect people. If, if just one person dies because this pill gets on the marketplace and it's worth the 20 years and the billion dollars the company had to spend, well, if the company didn't have to spend a billion dollars, then you're absolutely right, Toby. The, the costs of the pills would be lower. Right. And, and then people like Key, who are in a position, you've got to believe there are lots of people in similar positions that are, that are having to take pills that they can't barely afford to, to take would make, things a, would make life a hell of a lot easier on those people. Right. And there's also other alternative medications, uh, medical marijuana, that a lot of people sleep better if they use it, but they couldn't you know that? use that's, that. Yeah, I, I definitely second that advice. I'm glad you went there, uh, because that's a great idea. It's certainly worth a try. Of it's course, cheaper than it can, I mean, there depending we, on. There, there again, though, we're still talking about government regulation. It, it may be, it certainly probably is cheaper to even find medical marijuana or marijuana on the black market, but at the same time, then you're going to the black market and you're risking arrest. So Probably also better for your liver, too, if you're, <laughs> if you're taking a sleeping pill every night yeah. versus... A little bit of marijuana vaporizing it, it, it might be a little bit better for you. I'm glad you went there, Toby, because I think that's an excellent suggestion. 
I, I don't know if Key, and obviously she's not on the line at this point, but I don't know if she is the, the type of personality who is, is too frightened to go into the black market and, and look for something like that. Oh, your neighbor down your street, nice guy, probably has it. <laughs> Odds are good there's someone on your street that has it right now. Uh, but I think it's worth a try. See what happens. I mean, if, then you're dealing with, from what we've seen at least of uh, medical marijuana users, many of them get the results they're looking for without ever having to get to the point of uh, getting high off of the marijuana. We've seen, I've seen video footage of uh, medical patients taking one to three hits off of a, a pipe and then being done yeah. and, and getting the results they're looking for. It's so not it could a, really be stretched a long many, way. Many different uh, forms. Uh, I mean, it's different for everybody who's going to be using it, but sure. it could treat all sorts of different things that different pills out there are currently treating. So, I mean, it would... It's just another government regulation, but at least uh, self-medicate if you can't afford anything else. I think it's a great idea. In fact, uh, maybe look into marijuana, try that, and who knows? Uh, Wayne's not here tonight, but I'm sure he'd have some suggestions as far as uh, natural remedies and other alternatives that, that might be out there to help to help one with uh, with a sleeping problem. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. So as we continue discussing the healthcare situation here in America, we you mentioned contacts last hour, and Stephen emails in with a story about that. He says, guys, I've been meeting to email for a few weeks now, and uh, he says, I'll probably be a little long-winded, but bear with me. First thing, I love the show. Only found it recently on podcast. I live in Hawaii for now, so I can't listen live, but I just dealt with a little consumer bureaucratic medical issue, and I thought it might interest you a little, so I want to give background on, uh, he says, uh, how I found the show, blah, blah, blah. Number one, my wife ordered some contacts a couple days ago. When she was a kid, she used good contacts because her parents were covering it. She had some that got really good air, and she could keep them in for days without irritation. When she got to college, she had to pare things down a little because she was on a tighter budget and paying her own bills with little income. Because her eyesight had changed some, she needed to get an eye exam and update her actual prescription strength. When it came time to order a brand, she asked for what she'd been using, but the doctor said they were $80 a box, which she couldn't afford at the time. So she went with some that were $25 and lower quality. I'll tell you what happened with the contact situation for Stephen's girlfriend, or his wife, rather. 800-259-9231. Finish his story and talk to you about whatever you want. Coming up, the latest on Fidel Castro's Cuba. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Julia. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features there are free, and they include the archive. So if you've missed a moment of the show, just go click and download right from the front page of the website uh, for your download conven- downloading convenience. We give them away. So go to freetalklive.com and grab them up. What mischief is the iron fist of the state up to lately? And who's Poopin' von Schnurgenberger, and why does he call himself an anarcho-poopalist? Anarchyinyourhead.com is a webcomic about the philosophy of freedom in its purest form. Check in every Friday for a new strip and find bonus material throughout the week. Uh, throughout the week, all at anarchyinyourhead.com. That's anarchyinyourhead.com. As we continue here, we'll go to phone calls in a moment, but first, uh, finishing up Stephen's email. He's telling us about how uh, his wife when she was younger, was used to wearing really good contacts, but when she moved out of the house uh, from her parents' house, she could no longer afford the best of the best, and uh, so she stepped down a little bit. Now, when it came time to uh, 
she needed to get another eye exam after her eyesight had changed and update her prescription strength. And according to Stephen's email, he says when it came time to order a brand, she asked for what she'd been using, but the doctor said they were $80 a box, which she couldn't afford at the time. So she went with some that were $25 but lower quality. A couple of days ago, she went online to order some new contacts. Now, we have the money to pay for the better lenses, so she ordered a couple of boxes of her old, more comfortable brand, but with her latest prescription strength. Tonight, she got an email saying that the site selling the contacts had contacted her eye doctor, and he said she only had a prescription for the $25 brand, so the company changed her order without even asking her. He says, I immediately called to cancel it. She got an email stating as such, so I called them to ask why. The answer? By law, we can only sell you the exact lenses prescribed by your last exam. Now, if that's that's not a racket, I, I don't know what is. I just want to reiterate, says Stephen, she wasn't even trying to change the prescription strength of the contacts, just the brand. And the government that has, won't let that's her. That's a Hawaii state law, right? I don't think that's I a... don't know. That's Presumably, crazy. it could be. Who knows? Uh, he says on top of that, she's probably going to have to pay to get a new eye exam just to get a new prescription because otherwise her doctors will be afraid of malpractice in the event that her eyes start bleeding or spontaneously combust or something. He says, my personal opinion is that anyone who wants to should be able to purchase any contacts they want. But even within our government confines, this notion that she can't even upgrade the brands of contacts without a doctor's prescription or permission is just baffling to me. They're treating it like a doctor prescribed Motrin 800, but she's trying to exchange it for some Vicodin. They are contacts. So it it has gone even farther than what we talked about in the first hour, where you need to go back to get a doctor to look at your eyes again to get a new prescription because your eyes might have changed. But if you had the exact same prescription, you can't get you know one brand versus another. The doctor says you have to get the $25 brand. You can't buy the $80 brand. This is exactly why I want LASIK. I am yeah. so sick of dealing with this nonsense. Well, it'll pay for itself. Yep, right? exactly. Because I need some new contacts or glasses right now, and that sounds, oh, contacts glasses not that expensive, but when you throw in the eye exam that I'm required to get, it really gets pricey. Well, for me, it would be a day off work as well to yeah. go get the eye exam that I know my prescription for. Ugh. Yep, mine's written on my contact box. Can I just give that to you? No. 800-259-9231. We continue with your phone calls. Uh, again, all of these government regulations make health care uh, less accessible to average people and make it more expensive and bring the quality down because the supply is restricted. We go to your calls. It is Dave listening in Athens, Ohio on WAIS. Hello, Dave. Hi, guys. Hey. I heard on the reverse situation. Okay. You, I've seen epileptic or people with epilepsy have seizures, and they were told not to go to the hospital because the hospital would consider it like going to the emergency room for an ingrown toe now. I don't understand what you're getting at. I mean, I'm, what I'm getting at is if you have a seizure, that's a medical emergency, I thought. Sure. Oh, yeah, I would think so. And uh, I'm hearing that hospital is just concerned no worse than an ingrown toe now. Hmm. I, don't, I don't know. That's... Uh, I... It's an interesting point. I'm certainly no doctor and no healthcare expert, so I couldn't say for sure. I mean, certainly people have seizures and they don't go. I mean, people that have seizures, they know they have seizures and they know uh, there are some, in some cases, warning signs when they come on. So they will take certain precautions in order to make make sure they're safe. For instance, if they're driving, I had they'll pull over. When I was a kid. And did you go to the hospital go. every time, or? Yeah. 
You did? I didn't. You did not, and you were okay. Yeah. Do you still so have I them? I got sick after it, but... Do, just out of curiosity, do you still have the seizures as an adult? No. Why Why do you think that is? Uh, I outgrow them, or... Hey, that's a good thing. Good to know yeah. you can outgrow that stuff. Dave, thanks for your call All tonight. Right, Appreciate it. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Let's talk to Puke in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Puke. Hey, I'm here this time, guys. Sorry hey, about that. What's on your mind? Um... I just have two little comments about uh, earlier you were talking about Massachusetts and uh, other regulation things. I had to go there today uh, for an appointment, which kind of sucked. But um, as I was driving down the interstate, uh, I passed three little kind of like way stations, and they were doing what they called, uh, it was like truck safety inspections. Sure. Um, But they were, uh, the vehicles, the government vehicles said they were great big uh, four-door Chevy Silverado pickups, all decked out in their government lights and police-like stuff. But they said DMV enforcement on the side, great big. And there's about ten of these trucks, and uh, and they were the ones doing the inspection. I just thought it was really interesting because I didn't know that the DMV had their own enforcement vehicles. They do and, in Massachusetts, uh, just, apparently. <laughs> it seems yeah, to me that... It seems that more and more government bureaucracies are getting their own police force. I mean, even Amtrak right. has a, has cops. Right. Like, um, so I just I was driving by that and I thought, wow, that's interesting. You know, there's these these uh, uh, probably very very expensive, you know, converted trucks. There's about ten of them, and they're just, you know, every 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 vehicle, not just uh, commercial, but guys. You know, I saw vehicles just. Uh, People towing a lawnmower behind their truck in a trailer had to pull over. And, wow. And, you know, they were That's crazy. Finding the crap out of people for not having, you know, proper tags and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, so I don't know if they have crap like that in New Hampshire, but I'm glad uh, if they don't, that'll be nice. Yeah. Well, then, I, uh, I certainly haven't seen any of it here. Yeah. We've got no, the inspection racket still that they really get you on. That's, yeah, that's true. But. Yeah. And then the, uh, the other thing is, as far as medical expenses go, um, I work for a company that makes medical products, and uh, it's it's really kind of sad. Um, it's it's uh, because of the DEA, you know, the, the war on drugs. Uh, anything syringe-like uh, has to be incinerated, and so <laughs> the company I work for, they they literally um, incinerate like hundreds and hundreds of pounds of just uh, not even needles, just the syringe if if it's um, a slightly incorrect. They have to incinerate all that stuff, and, wow. you, and the company has to pay for it. And then, um, How, is know, that inventoried? So, is that is that inventoried in where it, they keep track of what they're burning? Or would you be able to, as a worker, would you be able to take some and like slip them in your pocket? Oh well, I could, but it, it's uh, you get fired, um, and the, the DEA comes through every now and then and does inspections and stuff. So it's highly illegal for anyone to take any sort of syringe product out of there. Amazing. Um, yeah, so that's, you know, that has to... Because that'll stop a drug. Yeah, <laughs> as though that rule has ever stopped anyone who wanted to shoot some smack into their veins. Puke, thanks for the call. Right. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. 
This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything toll-free. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Julia. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free. So enjoy those on us. And those features include the bulletin board system. We've got over 350,000 posts for you to surf around through. Lots of topics, serious to fun, you'll find it all free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. He is the enemy of the state. He's the agent of the sovereign individual. He's Tad Galahad, Freedom Engineer. The Anarcho-Capitalist Adventure Series continues at freedom-engineering.com. That's freedom-engineering.com. As we continue with your calls about what you want, let's talk to Dennis in New Hampshire on the amp line. Hello, Dennis. Good evening, gentlemen and and lady. Hello. Indeed, sir. What's so, on your mind? So we were talking about uh, the, the lady Key who had a sleeping pill issue. Yes. Um, so once in a while, my job requires me to travel to places that are on a completely different time zone. Okay. Uh, most frequently, India. Mm. And uh, I'm I'm a complete wuss when it comes to time zones. I just I suck at sleep deprivation. I cannot handle it. Huh. So. First, first time I went down there, I was kind of just walking the streets, and there's all these vendors. It's like everything you need in life, even in major cities in India, is available from street vendors with carts. Hmm. Okay? So I found like a little hole-in-the-wall shop-slash-cart thing. It looked temporary. I'm sure it had been there for like 30 years. <laughs> and I asked the guy, hey, look, I need something to make me sleep tonight. And he digs around in the back. It's sort of like a, a pharmacy kind of thing. And he gives me a little blister pack. It wasn't in a box. It was like a few pills in a blister pack. <laughs> and I don't remember what the name of the drug was, something wrong. And the guy looks at me, and he's like being real, you know, dead serious. Like, I, you know, he didn't say it this way, but his body language said, white man, you need to understand this. And that was, take just one. Got it. <laughs> So, needless to say, I took just one. I conked. I mean, not there when I got back to my hotel. Yeah. And it was great. You know, I had my night's sleep. I woke up. I was groggy as hell. I didn't really want to take that pill again. But it was so obviously so unregulated. Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't had a sleeping pill like that in the United States. And I've, you know, I've had some sleeping pills. And what did you, what did you pay so. for it? I don't remember. Everything, the, the conversion rate is so whack over there. I mean... You can get a cab. <laughs> I had a taxi cab drive me around Delhi all day long. It was like eight hours. Mm-hmm. And the taxi cab was a gutted out Toyota Camry. With I mean, gutted out. I mean, it barely drove. And there was two guys <laughs> driving around. They, they told me they were software engineers when they could get jobs, but they did this on the side. <laughs> they drove me around for eight hours. They gave me all the beer I could drink, which was cool. Wow. And they... They also drank a lot of beer, which was also cool. <laughs> it's good business. And driving around Delhi, where the, the signage is mostly about, I don't know, Prime Minister so-and-so brings you this great, wonderful road, mm-hmm. not about stop or merge or anything like that, while your driver is getting drunk off his butt, and you're <laughs> drunk off your butt, is most exhilarating. Yeah. Um, and that cost me like 50 bucks. So like Eight hours of all you can drink. It was great. <laughs> So your point. So so in regards to the pills, uh, you're saying it was it was fairly. Uh, I mean, would you guess it was cheaper than five bucks? Because that's what Key's paying right now for the sleeping pills in America. I think per pill it was probably more than five bucks. But huh. on the other hand, 
I was screaming, you know, businessman tourist has money, needs drugs. That's true. So, oh, the, the other thing with India is I, I am so in love with cheap labor overseas. <laughs> I mean, th- these people who are pissed off that, I don't know, people in other countries are taking their jobs, they so don't get it. My life used to suck when I had to answer a pager 24-7. Now I've got people in India that answer the pager when it's nighttime for me, and I answer it when it's daytime for me. That's pretty cool. And it doesn't cost the company any more. And it's, my life is good now because of cheap labor in India. Yeah, I, I have to say that I've heard a lot of people complain about uh, people, that, that people in India running helplines, doing technical support, and... I've had the opportunity to to talk to a few of them uh, over the last few years, and I've never had a bad experience. I I think that uh, many of them are are ex, ex, exquisitely good at speaking the English language, and uh, they're very friendly and very nice. And I can only imagine some of the the real jerks uh, that that call them from America that get all uppity because they're not talking to a, a fellow white man. And I, I can only oh. imagine the kind of crap they have to deal with. But nonetheless, they're always friendly when they get on the line with me, and I've never had a bad experience. And not just, you know, end-user support. I mean, some of these guys uh, on my team are, I would say, the best of the best at troubleshooting problems. And, mm. you know, they're software engineers. They're real hardcore software engineers. Yeah. And they're, I mean, they're hungry, so they're working. I mean, they are better workers in many cases than the best people I can find in the United States because they really understand that they want that job, so... Yeah, and that's just really what it is, Dennis, is that the people in the United States that are complaining about uh, that outsourced labor, they're, they're really just, they don't want to compete. They, they like the idea of being able to sit back and rest on their laurels and be able to collect that paycheck every couple of weeks, no matter how shoddy of a job that they do, because they would rather have the government shut down the option for the business owner to go elsewhere and restrict competition. And it's all about protectionism. If, you, if we have the free marketplace, then anybody anywhere can, can take your job, and you've got to be good at it in order to, to keep it. I don't see what's, what's wrong with that. It's just that people, that, you know, they're lazy and they don't want to work. Dennis, any other yeah, thoughts? Yeah, word. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks for the call. We appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. You know, Dennis is right. The fact is, outsourced... you got to hang that line up there, Miss Julia. There we go. Almost. Why is it doing that? Because uh, you're not Sorry. hanging up. There you go. 800-259-9231. Uh, Julia is uh, in training mode here tonight, so you may hear a few boops and beeps and things like that. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, you know, there's nothing wrong with outsourced labor. First of all, the number one thing you need to know about it is that it's happening because of government regulation. That's the number one reason why jobs are going out of the country is because... Well, if you're a manufacturer or you're providing a service to people, you want to keep your costs down as as much as possible, and you've got to pay people in America a certain minimum wage that's mandated by the federal or state governments. And if that minimum, if paying people that minimum wage is going to make it so you have to raise your prices above the competitors, then you're going to look for other options. You're going to look outside of the country where you can pay very, very little. And the money that you're going, that you're paying to those employees is helping them because they don't need as much as Americans do. They don't, they're, the, mon- the, uh, the economies are different in these uh, third world countries. So a little bit of money can go a long way there. Therefore, we can get the services and the products that we want at a lower rate. Those people in those countries can put food on their table. 
and everybody gets what they're looking for. I really don't understand. The, the only objection to outsourcing jobs is protectionism. The only objection is that, well, I'll have to work harder or I'll have to work smarter if I know that my job can be sent somewhere else. Isn't that really all it is? Yeah, well, work, work sucks, but again, you just got to do it. If you hate it, I guess, yeah, if you want to be able to be paid for less than your worth compared to the rest of the world, you're going to hate it. But, I mean, if, you, if you're a hard worker and you have an understanding of it, it's not an issue. These people that are all in, uh, that are all against outsourcing and all against sending jobs to other countries, they they act like it's the end of the world. They act like the American economy is uh, it's going to to die without having only 100 percent an American workforce here. Right. And it's just nonsense because we've seen job after job after job go overseas, manufacturer after manufacturer. Now we've got customer service going overseas. We've seen all that go overseas, and hey, there's still plenty of jobs around here. You're hiring, keeps, aren't you, Julia? Yeah. It keeps prices down, too. Those same people who would, are complaining about the jobs would definitely be complaining about the higher prices they'd be they sure paying would. for everything if they all those jobs were had yeah. to be in america do you like those do you like the 30 dollar pair of shoes you can buy at yeah. uh, target or walmart well that d- same pair would probably be 120 dollars. yeah how about helplines can't be 24 hours because no one there were not able no to pay them. Work at three in the morning <laughs> exactly 800-259-9231 is the sacl cai toll-free line dan in pennsylvania wants to talk about bob Barr. And Doug in Minnesota will talk to you about whatever you want. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Julia. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features there are free, so enjoy those on us. And if you enjoy the show, want to help support Free Talk Live, then shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a cut. We'll get a percentage of whatever it is you buy. Could be brand new, could be used. Anything you load into your shopping cart, Free Talk Live gets a cut if you enter through amazon.freetalklive.com. So get your shopping done. We go to Dan, who's on the line in Pennsylvania on the amp line. Hello, Dan. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, and um, I just wanted to say that I think that Bob Barr being nominated uh, to the Libertarian Party's presidential candidate was a good thing. Why is and, that? Well, because it was time for political libertarianism to die. I don't understand. Um, I, think, I think that what it, what the effect of this is going to be, and I'm sure you've seen it already, people calling into the show saying they're quitting the Libertarian Party. The people who really care about liberty and don't care about political parties are leaving the, uh, the Libertarian Party, and hopefully they'll be going to more market-based activism. And that's that's why I think it's a good thing. It'll shake the hardcore of Libertarians loose from the party and you know actually get them doing something that will – be more effective now. I think it's an interesting way to look at things, and I, I guess I would agree with you. Of course, my my number one concern would be, what about are, how many of those hardcore libertarians that might be shaken away from the party are actually aware of the viable alternatives that are out there? I mean, if I hadn't known about the Free State Project and I had burned out on the Libertarian Party, I don't know where I would have gone to. I don't know what I would have done. Um, so I wonder what the awareness factor is, and if if the uh, Free State Project will see an influx of uh, perhaps new activists as a result of this. Well, uh, that's a good point. I hadn't really thought about. 
I thought about that. I, you know, I'm I'm so addicted to the internet. I'm always up on everything that's going on. I knew about the Free State Project when it was first starting. Yeah. But I suppose maybe some of the oldsters might not, but hopefully most of them will. And uh, what what I'm hoping is that the at least the national politics, at least that will go away because the Libertarian Party, all they do is they shoot their bolt at big game that's miles out of range when. They could be doing what you guys are doing up in New Hampshire, saturating, you know, local politics with activism and, and hopefully saturating the government and, uh, you know, combining that with the strategy of individual secession like you're doing, not paying taxes and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And, you know, I think that's a much, much more real and much more likely strategy to achieve liberty in our lifetime than trying to nominate a libertarian to the ruler of the country. I mean, that just seems like a contradiction in terms to me. Sure. I have to I have to absolutely agree. Uh, Toby, how do you feel about this? Um, I was calling in with the, the whole Bob Barr thinking of it, and I hate the man. I am someone who previously was still supporting the Liberty, Libertarian Party as of two weeks ago, but <laughs> I, I can't anymore. Sure. I've got to pull out, and I've, I'm... In agreement. I'm, my only hope would be that people do find their way to it. Cause I mean, I was someone who was living in New Hampshire with the whole freedom movement and free state project right under my nose for a couple of years before I ever turned on to free talk live and discovered the freedom movement. So that would be my only concern is the whole reason I like the libertarian presidential candidate is cause it's getting it out in the front and getting people who haven't heard about libertarian, liberty and freedom, giving them the message. So it's more of like a, just getting the message out there was the reason. That's my lament. It. That's my lament about that. I mean, because I agree with what Dan's saying here about this is certainly the positive side of things. Right. But the, my lament is that, well, those people that aren't even into liberty, the people that are new, the people that would come across the presidential right. candidate are going to see Bob Barr um, acting as though he's a, pretending like he's a libertarian, but he's not going to be saying libertarian things, so he'll have the libertarian label applied to him, but he won't actually be spouting off libertarianism. I wonder what kind of uh, damage that could do as Bob Barr, uh, you know, having Bob Barr being the first libertarian that many people get to know. I would much rather have a, a Harry Brown or a Mary right. Ruard out there playing that particular role. So from that perspective, from the perspective of what about the newbies that certainly concerns me but you know what can we do right dan i mean the the, the damage is done bob Barr's the presidential candidate and oh well we'll just have to deal with it right yep any and, other thoughts uh, yeah actually uh, a couple callers ago a guy mentioned something about the government saying that his company had to destroy everything that resembles a syringe or something like yes. that well i'm a diabetic and i can pick up oh you know two thousand syringes and uh, bring them home and do whatever I want with them. So obviously that's ineffective. Enough. Oh, sure. There's always holes in the system. There's always yeah. some way to, to work around and, and get what you need to get in order to do illicit drugs. And thank you for pointing that out, Dan. We appreciate hearing from you tonight. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Julia, did you have a thought on the, this whole Bob Barr situation? Not really. I honestly have not been interested in political parties in many years and... I, I don't. I think he's a poor choice. I like Dr. Mary Ruart. I like her book. I thought she was a, a principled, well-spoken lady, and I'm ashamed that they didn't pick her. Yeah. One more comment on this that I have yes. is the, a reason that I really am disappointed that it is Bob Barr is now I 
people ask me my political persuasion, I'm like, if I was the closest you could come is libertarianism. And then they go, oh, Bob Barr. Oh, that's gosh. That's what libertarianism Someone's is. actually said that to no, you? No, but that's what I'm oh, okay. afraid of. That, right. That's something that I'd be... You will soil well, the libertarian like, name. I guess it, what we have to hope for then, Toby, is that no one talks to Bob... Like, Bob Barr is as excluded as any other libertarian candidate has ever been. That way people don't even hear about it, right? right? And that's, I guess that's what I'm hoping. I just don't want anyone to think that my politics, because he calls himself a libertarian and is nominated by the Libertarian Party... I don't want to be confused with him at all. Then again, let's put it into perspective uh, as far as who's calling themselves libertarian and how often. Certainly, uh, political campaigns only come around like this once every four years. Bob Barr's only going to be on the campaign trail for a handful of months before the election. That's true. You've got people like Neil Bortz and Glenn Beck, yeah. two national talk show hosts out there on the airwaves every single day. I don't know if they mention the word every day, but they have been known to call themselves libertarian. Uh, on the air, and they aren't libertarians at, at all. all. Uh, Neil Bortz is a warmonger, and <laughs> at least he takes libertarian positions on some things. I don't think Glenn Beck's even close no. to being a libertarian. But uh, so, uh, you know, prior to Bob Barr being selected, the ball was, you know, this was happening. This, this ball was in play as far as people misusing the term libertarian. So Bob Barr's just sort of the next step, or as I said before, the final nail in the coffin. And so I'm in the same boat that you are. I, I don't even like the idea of being called the libertarian. In fact, I, uh, somebody pointed out that, well, Ian, your your website says Libertarian Talk Radio on the top of it. I've actually changed it now. It's 100% pro-liberty talk radio. <laughs> well, That's what I always call myself is pro-liberty. I don't ever say the word libertarian because I think people think libertarian. If they even know what it is, they think libertarian party, and I've never Or they think wanted... liberal, and they don't know what yeah. the, you know. So I just say pro-liberty. That's I, I just it. wish there's something to nail it down. I, yeah. mean, I mean, I'm a little wish-washy on exactly where I am. I'm a more free market on some things and and a little bit less on others but there's really you call yourself pro liberty so do so does McCain <laughs> so, does he sometimes in no some of his way. speeches he says he's for like you throwing the words out there like well, they, they always do mean that something. Yeah. that's true i Sometimes it sparks questions because most people say uh, pro liberty. What is I don't understand. So then they and ask then you get to explain. Exactly. I and like I that. Get to explain. Getting to explain is is great. Just the labels are. Yeah. So difficult. if you can come up with some word that no one's ever heard before, free like free marketeer, because <laughs> then people automatically say, "What's that?" And you can explain yourself a little better. I exactly. do not want to be affiliated with the Libertarian Party. I agree. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. We go to Doug in Minnesota. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Doug. Hello. I, um, I got sidetracked a little bit about your freedom and liberty. I, I think it's a dead issue. What's a dead issue? I don't understand. Freedom and liberty in this country. To most um, people? Yeah, sure. You're right about that. Most people think they're free. So to to uh, to that extent, yes, most people are not aware that this is an issue. I agree. But what I'd actually called about is um, when someone had mentioned I'd go for Lasix. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the eye prescription problem, um, I have known four people who had uh, the LASIK surgery performed, and none of them would do it again. Why is that? Because they were so dissatisfied with the final result. Did their vision improve? No. Was this a long time ago, or I know that no. it's improved a whole lot? It, it was uh, within the last... Um, Four years. The the last one. Did they have a 2020 guarantee? Um, 
I don't know what the guarantee was. Well, if they were disappointed, then they probably went to a doctor that didn't have one of the guarantees, and in which case I would recommend that anybody that's looking at LASIK should do a little bit more shopping around because nowadays, because there are some doctors out there that are slipshod and they don't really know what they're doing, uh, there are doctors that have, that have an offer that says that if you don't have 20-20 vision when we're done, you get your money back. And that's, you know, there's virtually no risk there. I mean, certainly at surgery, certainly there's always a risk as far as the surgery is concerned, but a financial risk, not so much. Thank you for the call, Doug, and thank you for the uh, the warning. Well, I was just going to say, I've been looking into LASIK, and there's one place that has excellent reviews and has the 2020 guarantee, and it's all the way in Albany, and I'm considering going there just because I want that guarantee. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is ser- you got to yeah, be serious, serious about absolutely. it. It's an operation. More coming up here. Hour 3 is on the way. You can take control of the airwaves. What's going on in Cuba after Fidel Castro? We'll talk about that and take your calls about anything. It is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number three of the show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Toby. And Julia. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Also, I uh, should mention Toby's show and website. It's been, it's been a while since you've been on the program, Toby, and I know the reason why is not because you don't want to be on Free Talk Live, but you're a busy man. Yeah, it has to do with work situations yeah. mostly, but hopefully that'll be clearing up a little bit soon. So. Cool. Well, have you swap back in with Nick then uh, every so often? But uh, Toby is the host of Free Minds TV and also Free Minds Radio. Uh, Free Minds TV is on a short hiatus. I believe you guys are working diligently on getting the show back on the air. Yeah, we're doing a Porkfest special up at Porkfest oh, in cool. New Hampshire, and then after that we'll be back for at least a month episode, uh, one a month after a that, month, yeah. while we can... so figure out some more things. So they're still working on that, but you can see all the back episodes at freemindstv.com, and uh, that's also where you can pick up uh, the podcast, the uh, Free Minds Radio podcast, which you guys do live on our stream, Free Talk Live stream. Uh, Host that on Sunday afternoons from noon to one, so you can hear that live, or you can pick it up via podcast at freemindstv.com. Is Brenna going to be regularly on your show? Uh, I hope so. I thought she did a good job. I thought she did a really good job, and it's so nice to hear a lady instead of a dude. I agree. Because there's so many dudes out there talking about liberty. It's a breath of fresh air when you actually, yeah, most of the people in the liberty Liberty movement tend to be men. (laughs) And so I, I think it's helpful to have. I, I like listening to even shows with Julia with your odd because it's it's a fresh perspective, a woman's perspective, because you hear so much of yeah. uh, men talking yep, about it. <laughs> I agree. Brenda did awesome. Very good. So go to freemindstv.com and also now freemindsradio.com. We'll take it to the same place. Yep. So either way it works. We go to Sam in Texas. He's on the amp line. Sam, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. Well, I guess I'll continue the sausage fest here and uh, (laughs) tell you about my court dates. Not to be confused with pork fest. Yes, sir. You went to court today? Well, I had, okay, so I had three three tickets right now that were all within a couple weeks of each other. Wow. And, yeah, and I haven't been stopped by police for like five years before that. So Hmm. the law of attraction kind of pulled all these together for me. And, uh... I, I stayed up all night. I thought I had a court date today, so I stayed up all night kind of putting all the legal arguments together and the papers that I was going to file with the court to ask them some questions, 
And I called this morning and found out my court date was last week. Uh oh. So I missed it, and turns out the only way I could, according to the lady on the phone, the only way that I could get out of this was to go in, pay them their ransom money of two hundred and forty dollars or something. Uh, if and then that would give me another court date, but. If I was found guilty, what the lady on the phone told me is that they would keep that money and I wouldn't have any way of protesting and withholding my payment and refusing to you know, fund the violence and coercion of the state. Gotcha. So I had kind of a moral dilemma with this because, as you know, I'm coming up to Porkfest next week, and at the airports now they've ratcheted up the police state another notch, and if you fly without ID, when I go to do that, they're going to call the airport police who are going to want to want my name, which I don't lie to them. I tell them, you know, what it is, my name and city of residence. But they would likely find, look that up, find that there's a warrant, and then I get arrested and taken off and not be allowed to go to Porkfest. Yeah, that wouldn't be any fun. Uh, absolutely. So uh, what I did, I just I, I discussed it with some friends and came up with the idea of just go ahead and paint it. You know, it's slightly bending my principles. So I went up to the first court. Now, I've got two different courts. Two of them are in one city and another's in the other right next to it. And I walked up to the window. You know, there's ten people in front of me. They're all going up just pleading from the gang, you know, please, you know, I I can only pay this much or thank you, thank you so much for letting me do that, for robbing me at gunpoint. Well, most of the people that are victimized by the state uh, are usually of the lower economic echelon, so they always, uh, many times, have to take payment plans and and they can't pay it all at once. And the the state loves to victimize those people because it knows they're never going to go to a lawyer, they're never going to stand up for themselves in court, they're just going to try to to, uh, to pay it and, and, and move along with their lives, and so it's just so sad to see that happen you got it so i thought i would shed some light and honesty on what was happening so when i went up to the window i sat down i got this nice uh, middle-aged lady and i said um hi i was uh, held at gunpoint on the side of the road <laughs> by uh, two armed men who uh threatened me and said that if i didn't come here within 15 days they were willing to send men with guns to my house to kidnap me and lock me in a cage Yes. And, <laughs> Sounds pretty I accurate. I described this to her, and of course the people in the room, it was echoing around, so they all heard what I was saying. Mm-hmm. I could see her face just kind of start to break. Like, she was, if I had kept going with another couple sentences, I think there would have been tears in her eyes. Oh, my. And so she's like, well, what, what, you know, what do you have, or are you filing a complaint? She was trying to figure out, oh, gosh, what do I do with this person? Yeah. And so then I pulled out this long strip of paper that all of a sudden she recognized as a ticket, and she realized that those armed men I was talking about were police were officers. Were the cops. <laughs> <laughs> and she went from sad to mad as hell. Really? <laughs> yes, man. She, her voice changed. She started snapping at me, and oh, well, fine. And every, every oh, because then because because me, then you were a criminal, Sam. All of a sudden, <laughs> she lost all of her concern for your well-being. Pretty much. Criminals don't deserve would, concern. Or... Apparently not. She would flick her paperwork at me with her, as she let it go. She would kind of flick it my way just to <laughs> let me know she was mad. Um, let's see. So then, and you know, anger like that, I, I think that's something people don't realize. You know, how do you stay calm in doing the, all this stuff? I realized that when she's getting mad, it, she wasn't getting mad at me. She was getting mad because in that moment, she realized factually what she's doing may not be all that morally sound. And I think the person she was getting mad at was herself. Maybe so. Now, she wanted to take that out on me, but 
really, it's, if, as long as I come from a place of understanding that she's getting mad at her own actions yep. and she's not willing to face them. She's the one that has to look in the mirror. Exactly. So uh, she had some paperwork for me to sign, one of which was a plea form in my case. And she told me, well, you have to fill this out and plead in order to get a court date to sit in front of the judge. So I explained to her, no, that I wouldn't sign this. And, you know, how could I possibly plead? You haven't even told me what the law is. So there's no way for me to do that. And eventually she backed down, said I didn't have to sign that. Hmm. I got a court date. Uh, then I was set there. I headed isn't over it to funny, before you go on, Sam, isn't it funny how the bureaucrats will say one thing and expect that you will just take what they say at face value and do what they want you to do, but then when you push the envelope a little bit, then all of a sudden other options open up? Absolutely, and the options that they never told you about. and that right. I think that they themselves don't even comprehend exist because they're so used to people just coming in and, uh, looking at what the state offers to them and sure. taking from the choices. Yep. People don't think for themselves. They don't they. think outside the box. You're absolutely right. It reminds me of that audio that you played last week of the gentleman who owns the website. He goes through the checkpoints, and when he asks, the man, USA, he asks the man question after question, and the guy keeps saying, as soon as you give me your blah, 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 your as soon as you show me your papers, yep. as soon as you tell me where you're from. And, and eventually he got so sick of the guy that he just said, all right, get out of here. Yep. You can go. <laughs> so I went over to the second court on the way back to file the same paperwork there. Uh, and these are questions that I've put together for the court. So, uh, Ian, I think you would like some of these questions. These are in my first two appearances. Hold on. You filed this with the, you filed the questions with the court? Yes, some okay. of them, a very okay. select few. Um, so basically what I did, I put uh, some case arguments together that say, look, it, it, here's all the constitutional references saying that governments were established to protect and maintain individual rights. Mm -hmm. That's your purview. That's where you have jurisdiction, and that's it. That's all the Constitution authorizes and the Constitution of all these other states that I'm asking you to take judicial notice or to notice that that's law and in effect. Um, and uh, so how can you be uh, administering justice or whatever? How can you have jurisdiction if you're violating my legal right, the one reason you were established, in order to enforce your law here with no victim? So we'll see what they say about that. But I also put in some questions like, uh, factually, what is the law? <laughs> now, the last time I asked that, he told me, well, the law is statutes and statutes and regulations, and that's where I said, well, wait a minute. You just said statutes are statutes and use the word to define itself. You can't do that. Yeah, that's not really responsive. Hang on, Sam. I know you have a little more. We're going to bring you back and uh, your calls as well about whatever you want at 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Julia. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free, so enjoy those on us, including the live streams. We've got a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version, both free for you at freetalklive.com. 
Would you like to easily update the look of those old cabinets or that old set of drawers? Well, InnerKnobs.com offers a wide variety of knobs and pulls for every taste and budget. Save 10% on your order if you use the code FTL at checkout. That's InnerKnobs.com, I-N-T-E-R-K-N-O-B-S.com, or see their banner at freetalklive.com as we go back to the phones back to sam in texas telling us about his recent interactions with the court bureaucrats you've had sort of a a series of these and uh, this is your most recent one you've got some questions that you've prepared i guess that they uh, they wanted you to submit in advance and uh, you did go ahead and submit some of them in advance of your of your trial so uh, you were telling us what some of those questions were and, I guess, explaining, uh, explaining the relevancy or, uh, to newer listeners that might not understand. Oh, sure. So really what these questions are, you know, I, I went into court with Mark Stevens' script, which really questions the authority and the foundation of the legal process, the court systems, uh, the conflicts of interest within the government court system, and puts some questions together that they really don't want to answer. And the judge had asked me before to just submit my whole script, and I'm like, no way am I going to do that. I wouldn't turn over my legal strategy to my opponent and say, here you go, please please find a way through this. Um, and it, it, yet in that script, there were some questions that every time I got down to a responsive answer, which is a yes or no answer to a question, it, it, you know, these are things like factually, what is the state? Factually, what is the law? It became, all of a sudden, it became time for me to go get a lawyer. Mm. And, you know, he, it's really because he doesn't want to tell me that factually the law is nothing but commands issued by the government that they are willing to back up with violence. Yeah, they're, well, they're words on paper. They're words on paper that they're willing to go and use force if you don't adhere to, mm-hmm. making them commands. Um, so he doesn't certainly want to come out and say that. He doesn't want to say that the state is an idea and that it's an idea that's bringing charges against me and that was supposedly somehow damaged by my actions, which was speeding down a street. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are the questions that I submitted to him. All of the tough questions that he didn't want to answer in court are now in writing, and it's going ah. to be tough for him to uh, worm his way out of them, although I look forward to see what the three judges come up with. So, are you, so you submitted all of those questions to three separate judges? Yeah, because I have three cases, and see, now oh, I've got wow. them all lined up. They all have court dates in July, <laughs> and I've, I'm doing the, I can handle them all in one day, do the paperwork for each of the three, and I'll get to compare and contrast between the cases that are all a few days apart and change my approach. That's fascinating. Based on what I learned from each one and see where I can get the judges to contradict and dig into that a little further. This is uh, really just amazing uh, what, what you're doing here. It's good practice for when you finally get up here to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, because you are one of the uh, the uh, early movers. You'll be here, as I understand it, sometime this year, and yeah. uh, you're, you're moving up to the Keene area, which I think is uh, you're going to be a valuable asset to the uh, the activist movement here, because you really have an understanding of the, the court system as a result of doing all of this activism based on Mark Stevens's work from AdventuresInLegalLand.com, so you'll sort of be like our own little local version of Mark Stevens. I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> it is. And at the second trial, or the second court I went to, uh, one of their strategies to kind of, I guess, waste my time or whatever is when I'm at the clerk window filing all this paperwork, the clerks need to disappear and they leave for 10, 15 minutes at a time and come back. Hmm. So I was there waiting for about 30 minutes. Well, I turned around, there were two ladies in line behind me, about 30 people in the room. 
And she looked a little distraught, and I'm like, you know, what's going on? Are you okay? And she starts going into the story. I couldn't hardly explain or understand what she was telling me. And I said, well, that's because you're being robbed at gunpoint. Ah. <laughs> so the longer they make you wait, the more likely you'll be to start talking to other people. I spent 30 minutes talking to that crowd, and half the people in the room were just so nervous about what I was saying, they didn't want to even look over at me. Wow. But on the way out, three people, you know, were like, hey, thank you, sir. Have a, you know, have a nice day. So, That's fantastic. Uh, I can't no wait to have you up here. It's going to be great. Some <laughs> some fresh blood. Give us some ideas of, of different strategies of how, yeah. how it goes. I, I can't wait to hear how this goes as well. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. Anything else to share with us tonight, Sam? I'm getting to the point where, um, personally, I really have an objection to voluntarily funding the state. Um, so I'm going to play these all the way out, but I found out this morning on the call that uh, for each 12 hours I spend, at least in one of the gang's jails, they'll credit me $100 towards the money, which is all, it's also costing them money to keep me in jail. So right. <laughs> these are $300. So, uh, you know, I'm looking at like a day and a half or so in jail. I'm thinking that may be the route I go. You're if, thinking about going in, huh? If the judges don't want to, um, you know, be honest with me and throw wow. me out for lack of standing. Amazing story. I would certainly rather go to jail on on a voluntary like I'm in the mindset I'm aware I'm You've going to jail, to go to jail exactly yeah. than to be well, shoved in a jail them, cell. I'm going to make them drag me around, and again I'm going to have a day and a half <laughs> each time to explain to all the people sitting in the jail cell with me the concept yep. of corpus delicti and the rule of law. And they would be wise to just drop. I'm surprised that they, they, they haven't <laughs> dropped your case yet. I'm surprised that the, that one judge that you've been in to see several times and asked a bunch of questions of that he's still playing with you, that he hasn't just decided, eh, let's just wipe this out and let this guy go. Because as as they continue to, to, to learn that you're influencing those who you come in contact with, maybe they'll get a clue and they'll realize that they'd rather you just go away. Yeah, and in this latest uh, set of filings that I or motions that I put before the court, there's requests in there for me to get copies of the audio and video recording, so I'll have the tapes and the the cops are all wired up with microphones, mm -hmm. so I'll have the audio and video of the actual stops. I put in there that I want to uh, deposition the police officers in accordance with you know some some bureaucrat rules. And things, so it's starting to to get to be a lot of work on their behalf. Yeah, they don't it's like doing work. Interesting to see, right? <laughs> yeah, you might just push them to the point where they've got too much like, work to do. You've, you, too you, much. Let yeah. him go. Let him go. <laughs> you, you've interfered with too many donut breaks, Sam. That's it. <laughs> Thanks, dude, for the call tonight, and uh, keep us in the loop. All right. Thanks, man. 800-259-9231. It's amazing what one man can do, what one person can do when you're determined enough to make a stand and stand up for principle. That's what Sam's doing. And he's all yeah. by himself down in Texas. He doesn't have the, the backup that we do up here. Yeah, if only 10% uh, of people who are going into these courtrooms were taking this approach, it would clog up the entire system. The whole system, system would break. <laughs> and so I can't. that's something that makes me so excited when he gets up here to... Maybe get more of us doing the same yeah. kind of approach and learning from each other, and I think that it will really have some kind of an effect. I like the idea of, of sort of making a mockery or showing how ridiculous the court system is um, of wearing, like, a robe when you oh, go yeah. in. I think that We've is yet to so try that funny. One. They, they don't like that. I'm that's, official. That's I'm thwarting the judges. I, I like to call it a moo moo, but it's yeah. the, the thwarting <laughs> the judges' thoratile. Yeah, they would not. Maybe you could carry a little hammer with you <laughs> Just whenever they say something you don't like.
Yeah, that would be a little out of line. You don't want to go in there because it still is their courtroom. They are in charge of it. You what could probably get away you? with dressing in, in a funny that would way. Be contempt of court. You could, I think. You Wouldn't could claim they it was... give you contempt of court anyway if you had a robe on? Well, yeah, they might. They, they can. They have the power to. Well, they, yeah, they can throw room. some nonsense charge at you for whatever reason they want to, right? But you don't want to go in there and start making a bunch of noise, because then you are definitely going to get into some some crap. But if you go in with a silly outfit, you could just claim, well, it's my religion to wear a robe in these courtrooms. (laughs) (laughs) You know, then you could make an excuse for it. More coming up. Uh, You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Toby. And Julia. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. And those features include the bulletin board system, the archives, the Shrine of Female listeners. We give it all away for you for free at freetalklive.com. Get your limited supply Porkfest beer mug and drink responsibly with Jason Osborne from SACL CAI. Featuring select microbrews from New Hampshire, margaritas, guest celebrity bartenders, prize drawings, and more, you're going to want to be at the SACL CAI Fun Tent at this year's Porkfest. I don't think I'll be anywhere else. <laughs> I think that's that's where I'm headed. <laughs> it is uh, going to be a good time, and if, uh, if you've got the chance to meet Osborne at the Liberty Forum, you know that this is going to be the fun tent. I mean, he is not kidding. When uh, This is not false advertising. It's going to be a good time. So, looking forward to being there. Has he uh, has he talked to you about bartending yet, Toby? No, he has not. Oh, okay. We're going to have to see if we can round you up, because we've all been... We've all been uh, I think that would be a, a lot of fun. Uh, we've been convinced to be the bartenders at uh, the SACL CAI fun tent, so it's going to be a good time. But you can only be there, and you can only get the, the beer mug if you are at Porkfest. So you need to go to porkfest.com, P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com, and get signed up. So we'll see you there. We're going to be broadcasting the show live uh, three nights. It's not this week, but it's next week, so the 9th to the 15th. We'll be there Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights. Uh, you're going to be out there, Toby, with your camera crew uh, taping some segments for Free Minds TV. Yeah, and we will be in the beer tent taping some segments. Excellent. Too, so. <laughs> the fun Excellent. tent. The fun tent, yes. Call it whatever you want. It's going to be a good time. I imagine there will be lots of beer there. 1-800-259-9231. I think we're tapped out on calls. So, you know what? I'm going to finish up an email. I know I mentioned we talked about the Castro thing, but we're going to put it off. Uh, I want to finish this email from Stephen. It's the same guy that had emailed earlier about the contacts. He had a couple other items that he wanted to cover. And so I want to give him the chance here. He says, I'm in the Army, and I see firsthand on a daily basis just how mismanaged things can get and the inferiority of equipment that we have to deal with because of government standards based on the lowest bid or best buddy contracts. I see on a daily basis how much reform this gigantic military-industrial complex desperately needs. But in spite of all that, I'm curious, Ian, how a no-government-completely-voluntary-society would handle defense— And please understand, I'm not trying to attack you here. I'm genuinely curious about how you think this would work. In my few weeks of listening, I've heard you mention a few times that you'd be okay with some sort of private military that people could opt to pay for. But I'm curious how that would work for those who don't want to pay. Would they not be protected from attack? How would the private military determine who was paying for their protection and who isn't? And he has some more questions, but uh, he started out, I think, with some with some very good ones here. The question is, and a lot of people that are coming from sort of the conservative mindset, the you know the law and order mindset, 
when they come up with a, the message of the free marketplace, they're all for it. But, whoa, what about the police and what about the military, right? Because right. if you're coming from a true conservative background, that's what the government is for, right? Yeah, that's what you were raised on, right? right. So so it's a good question, and it deserves a serious answer. Uh, the number one reason um, to have a military is to protect, right, is to defend. Isn't that the purpose that is called still the Department of Defense, even though that's certainly not what they do? These days? At least in name, yes. Right. So that's the idea. So the question is, how would the marketplace be able to provide effective defense from evil, marauding attackers from around the world? And how do you deal with the free rider problem, which is what he suggested there? Because, well, if you don't pay for the services but you get protected anyway, how's that fair? Now, I know that you have an uh, excellent answer for this, but I just think the number one thing before we even get into the free market military system, like to throw it out there, would be the Second Amendment, or sure. if we weren't with the government, it would just be people bearing arms, would be a, a huge deterrent right there, but... Uh, before we delved in there, um, if everybody owned a gun, that's a big deterrent for other people not to be invading you. Or how about, before you give your free market answer, how about if our military wasn't on the offense and wasn't just bombing nations and occupying countries all over yeah. the world? That would be a step in the right direction, and I'm sure, uh, I'm sure our emailer would agree with that. Uh, so while there'd be a step in the right direction, I'm still not interested in paying for an inefficient government no. bureaucracy. Because even if it was just defending, it would still be defending inefficiently. So, and I, it's you still You don't have coerced. to explain that to me. I'm explaining it to the, uh, the listeners. So, so all of that is absolutely correct. And so we need to look at a way, at, at possible ways that defense could work in the marketplace. Now, the number one thing you always have to, you, you know, you always have to throw this caveat out there when you're talking about the free market. And that is that we can sit here between the three of us and take your calls and we can all brainstorm ideas as to how things might work. But there's no guarantee it would actually work out in that way because I'm not going to be the ones – I'm not going to be investing in military business. I'm not going to be investing in protection services. It's not my business. It's not what I want to do. But the people who are in search of profit will figure out ways uh, to handle this. The number one thing is definitely guns because uh, we probably wouldn't really need that much protection as far as organization is concerned. And certainly those people who are into the military idea would be the, the people that are Johnny on the spot to join militias, to take their guns and then meet up with other guys with guns and go out on a weekly basis and practice with their guns and, you know, maybe buy some bombs and practice with those too. Yeah. You know how people are into that stuff. Oh, yeah. And you wouldn't even need to be paying these people. No, they, they just it's do their it for hobby. fun. Yeah. So so those that's a pretty big factor right there but even then if you would you know let's okay what about a madman uh you know uh, Kim Jong Il over in North Korea he's got his hand on a missile you know he's going to launch some missiles how do we deal with that how does a militia handle that well obviously the militia can't deal with incoming missiles so there'd have to be some other solution and how would the market provide that if people need missile defense how would the market pay for that well, here's a, here's a possibility. We've certainly seen uh, examples of companies going out and doing things simply for the name recognition. For instance, after Hurricane Katrina, it was Walmart that came in rolling in uh, 18-wheelers, or they tried to come in. The government turned them around. They wouldn't let them. But it was Walmart that filled trucks full of water and ice and shipped them in. 
They weren't going to charge for it. They were going to give it out to people in the hopes that the next time they went shopping, they'd come to Walmart. It was that was all it was. It was just a charitable thing. And so who knows? Perhaps you would see, you know, the Coca-Cola missile defense system or something like that, where a company would, uh, or maybe even one of the uh, the defense corporations that you could purchase per, um, personal defense services from, you know, for investigating little crimes like stealing televisions, maybe. Target Defense Services Incorporated would protect an entire given swath of area simply because they wanted to be perceived as the go-to company for protection. I mean, we're serious about protection, so we're protecting all of you from missile defense. Buy your personal protection from us. I mean, that's certainly one possibility, and that's just one idea. I don't know what you're going to come up with, but... In the marketplace of ideas, there can be so many of them that are all completely viable and all would be funded 100% voluntarily. Yeah, imagine the written name recognition on the company that saved the day from the madman. Oh my gosh, yeah. That would be priceless. And every, say there are insurance companies providing this kind of thing, or Coca-Cola, whoever it is, they're all going to want to be doing this because if they're the ones who stop the madman, that's, that's priceless. I think it's also important to point out that there are countries, for example, Costa Rica, that don't have military and nobody attacks them because they're not out instigating fights. That's another good point. Yes, because we would no longer be invading everybody. So we would no longer be pissing everybody off around the country and they wouldn't have I'm not doing any of that. I I understand. Invading anywhere. When I say we, I don't really mean. I know what you mean, but I want to make make sure it's clear. You mean the government? Yes. The government people. So yeah, that's another great factor that they wouldn't be stirring up hornets' nests around the world, thereby inviting retaliation against innocent people. So, really, I mean, what else do you want? That if the marketplace is demanding protection. People in search of a profit will find a way to provide it. It's not our job to identify on this show exactly how that's going to happen because we'll we'll be wrong. There's countless, countless ways that this could happen. And it's fun to think about. So if you can brainstorm some other ideas, we'd love to hear from you at 800-259-9231. He says, additionally, we've seen how this back to the email. He says, we've seen how a private military works in Iraq a.k.a. Blackwater, and without rules and boundaries for engagement, the soldiers went crazy and killed for fun. And He's private's only a little bit there because they're, ex- they're being funded by the government, being paid with government money. So right. that's, yeah. private's just a word that's being thrown around in that case. Great point. We'll continue to analyze the, uh, the Blackwater situation and how it would be different from a true free market protection agency, 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Just enough time for your call in these remaining moments. This is your show. You can take control of the airwaves. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. We only have a few moments remaining, but just enough time for your call if you make it right now at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Julia. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free, so enjoy those on us. And if you enjoy the program and you like what we're doing here on Free Talk Live, then become an amplifier. Go to amp.freetalklive.com to get on board for as little as three bucks a month. That's all it'll cost you. And what we do is we take that money in and we reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations around the country, also getting on uh, more Internet connections, getting people listening online. So if you want more people to be exposed to the message of freedom and liberty, then this is probably one of the most effective ways to do it. Go to amp.freetalklive.com, get signed up with any major credit card or paypal or some of our alternative options 
Uh, again, amp.freetalklive.com. You get perks like access to the amp-only call-in lines, which people have been using quite a bit tonight. I think the, the majority of our calls were amp calls tonight, as well as the amp-only chat room, forum, and more. All of the details are at amp.freetalklive.com. We're talking about voluntary funding for defense services. And it's uh, the questions are coming in from an email from Stephen, who is uh, a member of the U.S. military. He's very curious about the idea of how it is that we could um, shift away from this current government model of so-called defense, which, of course, they're not defending anything. They're all spread around the world in 130 countries with over 700 military bases, stirring up all kinds of crap and bombing and killing people. So uh, so there's some serious problems with the system that we have today. It could, it could be reformed, but why bother? Let's just go to true voluntary interaction because it'd be so much better because then people would actually get exactly what it is they're looking for. It would never be more than what it is people are demanding. Whatever defense systems would come up in the marketplace would never exceed the demands of the marketplace. And so we're talking about different ways that that could work, but we can't think of them all. And so certainly would love to hear you chime in at 800-259-9231. Stephen uh, expresses some concern with the the whole idea of having a, a private military. He says, well, what about Blackwater? He says, without rules or boundaries for engagement, their soldiers went crazy and killed for fun. He says, obviously, actual soldiers do this stuff, too, but because they're governed by the rules of war, there is more recourse that can be taken against them. And his analysis of the Blackwater situation is is correct. I mean, those guys do get away with a whole lot more crap than the U.S. soldiers do. Absolutely. Because they were hired as essentially private soldiers in that they they don't have the strictures that the, you know, the military code of justice or whatever it's called has over top of uh, of the regular soldiers but they're still working for the government so they can pretty much do whatever it is they want to do it's you know it's that sweet sweetheart deal situation where whoever it is that is in charge of blackwater obviously knows some people who are in the halls of power and has managed to get uh get his way into uh, those deals and how would that be different uh in the voluntary society well first of all blackwater is over in iraq why would anybody take their their uh, mercenaries over to Iraq and and do, why would you take your mercenaries to another country to invade and and kill people? I mean, there's no financial incentive for that. There's no there's no real reason in the marketplace for anything like that to happen. I mean, certainly mercenaries, I can see them being hired for protection as far as you need to get a ship from one point to another and there's dangerous waters or dangerous territories, then they'll escort that ship. But to go and invade a country, to overturn a dictator, to install somebody else, to do the things that the the U.S. military military does who in the marketplace would want to fund something like that if they did exist then it would be their responsibility what these men did in their name absolutely and they uh, a situation like that no one could afford anything like that nope. i mean look at this iraq situation how much it's costing the u.s military um and billions and billions of dollars there's no company in the world that could ever afford to do anything like that not even microsoft and even if they did, for what what purpose? Like What's you said, the return on investment, right? Uh, there's nothing. Right. So business is all about investing, taking a risk, and hoping that whatever it is you invested in down the line will turn into a profit for you, right? 
there's no even potential to make profit by invading another country like that. It would cost, as you say, billions of dollars not to just invade, but then you've got to, you've got to subjugate people afterwards. Not only do you have to invade and defeat the existing military, but then you have to occupy the country in order to force the people to do what it is you want them to do. And that's another incalculably large, uh, interminably uh, long conflict and cost. Right, and at least when uh, America... Uh, the American government, the U.S. government invaded Iraq. They had the the guise of we're fighting for freedom and liberty, so they got support behind it. Mm-hmm. If this was a private f- firm and they're just going Exxon to invade needs a new oil field, <laughs> there's no public support. There's right. nothing backing you at all. So that's a, even more of a deterrent, even if it sure. wasn't for the financial barriers. So it's just completely not even feasible. For this to happen. And so then the question will become, well, what about local protection? What about, you know, we're hiring these protection companies to protect us, but what if they act like Blackwater and they they start to hurt us? Well, again, another critical difference is who's paying the bills, right? Who is paying for the services? In the voluntary society, you and I, the customers, are directly hiring a company to provide certain services. In the government situation with Blackwater, government a arbitrary group of individuals that is totally disconnected from you and I is hiring the Blackwater people to do whatever nastiness they want them to do. So if the people you're hiring in the free market situation are doing naughty things, you stop paying them. Yeah, that, a word like that would get out pretty quickly and right. they'd start to lose contracts. Right. If your protection company, uh, you start to hear word that they're raping people and destroying the houses they're supposed to protect... Who's going to do business with them anymore? Who's going to renew their contract? I mean, people are going to drop out. They're not going to have any money left, and they're done for. So in the marketplace situation, if a protection company doesn't hire good people, if they don't hire honest folks, then they'll be punished by the marketplace going to the competition, who will very easily be able to say, hey, come on over here to Toby's Protection Services. We've got certified nice guys that'll help you out in, you know, in your time of need. And the thing is about the marketplace is it's much, much faster than the government ever can be. The government's slow in reacting, and even if the, everybody wants a change and they actually do vote a change, it takes years yeah, to four years. And, and then even years after that. The marketplace, people are voting with their dollars uh, thousands and thousands of times a day. Uh, the change will happen much more quickly. People will see the, the hit in profits immediately. And if they don't change their ways, well, they're going out of business. And, hey, I guess my protection service uh, agency is doing pretty good. He says, in general, my fundamental question in regards to a free marketplace is, while I fully believe that a free market can run anything the government currently does more efficiently, will anyone in the free market take up those charges? Well, the question is... Do people want to make money? Absolutely. Right. And is there money to be made in providing people with a feeling of safety and protection? I think there is. <laughs> yeah. So there are going to be plenty of entrepreneurs out there who, given the opportunity to have people buy protection services from them, are going to innovate. They're going to come up with things that have never been thought of before, and they're going to market their services, and they're going to compete with the other people in the marketplace, and as a result, the rest of us are going to have great protection services at the lowest possible cost. It can happen, and it will happen as soon as the government steps the hell out of the way. And actually, what, it might, what we might see happen is it'll start to happen before the government steps out of the way, in that someone could start some sort of alternative free market protection service and compete with the government people. Of course, the government people won't like that. 
and they'll be probably they'll be targeted as a gang, like a competing gang or something like that. But theoretically, it could work to where someone comes up with an alternative service that protects people from the government or from other criminals, and uh, business just you know over time shifts over to those people as they are they prove themselves as they show how effective they can be, and just the government just sort of eventually becomes more and more ineffectual and people don't trust it anymore. In fact, you know, I was thinking about this the other night. One of the reasons why you one of the reasons why you can't use government against or you can't use violence against the government is because they have an aura of legitimacy because people will see you as being crazy. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're walking down the street and someone comes up and says this is a stick up and they, you know, point a gun at you and demand your money, no one would say you weren't within your rights to shoot that guy dead. Absolutely. Because he was pointing a gun at you and threatening you. But if it's a guy with a badge and a uniform on and you pull a gun back on him and shoot him dead, then everyone thinks you're a nut job and you're, you know, anti-government crazy. So I'm not advocating any violence here. I don't want to make it sound like I am. But eventually, as the government becomes uh, shunned by more and more people, as it loses its veil of legitimacy, eventually it will enter the realm of being just an armed gang again. At, at some point it will lose enough legitimacy and enough people's minds to where if people continue at that point to pretend like they're governments and pretend like they're ruling over people, eventually violence will be a justified response. Well, I think what we need to take care of is, is their funding. They're funded by coercion and force, and yes. that would be taxes. So if enough people stop having to pay their taxes, well, that's a little extra scratch to throw at the alternative. And we've already defense. talked about tonight how if enough people people just stood up against the court system, it would just crash it in on, in on top of itself. So I think what we might see at some point is the, the quick fall of the governments that we're, uh, that we're standing against, and we won't ever have to lift a, lift a finger in violence against them. It's been Ian here with you. And Toby. And Julia. See you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.